Good morning and welcome to the online worship service for Broadway Baptist Church. We're so glad that you have joined us. Uh, now is a great time for you to go ahead and share this message with your family and friends. So go ahead and hit the share button. Uh, it is the easiest church invite you will ever do. So just hit the share button on Facebook so your friends and family can see this message. And this time I would like to read uh, from the Word of God this morning. And we're going to be reading from Psalm 139. It reads, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall behold me. If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. O oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God! O oh, men of blood, depart from me! They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. It is our prayer that you are challenged and blessed uh, by the service today. Please join us as we worship the Lord together. Welcome from your homes. I hope you'll sing with us as we sing, Blessed Be the Name. Oh, for a thousand times to sing, blessed be the name of the Lord. The glories of my God and King, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Jesus, the name that calls our fears, blessed be the name of the Lord. His music in the sinner's ears. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
this morning. I'm David Dale, Minister of Music here at Broadway Baptist Church. We want to welcome you to our online service this Sunday morning. We're glad to have you. As a matter of fact, we've had more folks watching by online service than we have in our regular attendance church services. So we're glad to have you here this morning and enjoy watching. I hope you will. I will remind you that you can give online. I'll ask the guys upstairs to put the text to give screen on so that you'll know how to do that. And thank you for your response. We've had really tremendous offerings ever since we've been doing the online services. God is blessed in that regard, and we appreciate you uh, giving as you have to make that happen. We've had some great uh, hymns we've sung in the past, and this week it was suggested to me that we sing in times like these because I know that we are in a difficult time in our country. It's a crisis. However, uh, we had already planned the service, but there's a song that the choir sang about three or four weeks ago. We're going to play that video this morning. It has a great message to it. It's called, Lord God, You Are My Rock. Listen as the choir sings, please. Salvation 
Well, I hope you enjoyed that choir special from three or four weeks ago. The message is so good. Lord God, you are my rock. You know, the state of New York has been in the news a lot the last few weeks. Uh, and there's something really special happened in Brewster, New York in 1820. There was a little girl born. Her name was Frances. Frances was a very precious little girl, but at a very early age, like at four months old, she developed an eye problem. And actually, because of medical malpractice, she became blind. So she was blind almost from birth, not quite all the way from birth, but she was blind for life. You know, God sometimes takes circumstances like that and turns them into blessing. This little girl named Frances began writing poems at a very early age. As a matter of fact, at the age of six, she wrote a poem that turned into a song. It was written into a song. Over her lifetime, and she lived to be almost ni over 90 years old, actually, uh, over her lifetime, she wrote like 9,000 poems. Many of the poems she wrote turned out to be great hymns of our faith that we sing in literally every de denomination in our uh, Protestant faith. And so her name, her pen name was Fanny Crosby. You'll recognize Fanny Crosby in many of the hymns we sing. We're going to start, our group's going to sing this morning, Blessed Be the Name. This is a hymn. Actually, no, we're going to sing, I'm sorry. We already sang Blessed Be the Name. We're going to sing the song Redeemed, which is a Fanny Crosby song. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through His infinite mercy. His child that forever I am. Redeemed, redeemed. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed. His child that forever I am. So happy in Jesus, the language my rapture can tell. I live in the light of his presence, with me to continually dwell. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed, his child and forever I am. Yeah. 
with hearts full of praise. We exalt it, O Lord our God, Hosanna in the highest. My Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is Sing 
when my strength is failing, the end draws near and my time has come. Still my soul will sing your praise unending. Ten thousand years and then forevermore, forevermore. so much Emily that was outstanding for that it was thank you David I think we have to flip it on I hope everyone can hear online so this is our online service and I do want to, um, I do want to encourage you, if someone's able to go, and we have a, a little uh, insert online, or a bulletin, so you can follow along. If someone's able to share that, that way you can actually follow along with this message here. I'm going to be talking about what the Bible says about being a slacker. Uh, now, a lot of us, when we hear the word slacker, we think of that 27-year-old man who's sitting downstairs in, at Mama's house, Mom and Dad's house in the basement, playing video games and won't get a job. And, um, you know, he, he's, he's a really good gamer. And the parents are like, why won't he get a job? Why won't he move out? Why won't he do something with his life? But I'm going to show here in the Bible, that especially the book of Proverbs, because that is so much what... We've been reading and, and studying, and throughout the Proverbs, it talks so much about being a slacker. Now, the word slacker, that's what's used in the Christian Standard Bible. So, in the KJV, it actually says, 
it uses the word slothful. Sherry, I didn't see. What were you trying to say? Okay, she, she, they're trying to communicate with me, but the lights are so bright, I can't, can't tell. <clears throat> All I see is a camera right there. So, um, and I want to share that while you're, um, while you're uh, getting ready online. Uh, I do want to encourage you to give. I hope somebody can post a link to our online, uh, online giving. You can give by text as well. It's a great way to communicate. This is our one live service, our 10 a.m. live service. And like Zach said, uh, do share this. This is a way for you to do evangelism and outreach, even though it's online. And it's a way to just let, you just never know when you, when you put the gospel out there, somebody could tune in and say, hey, I, I need to hear that type of message and that, that, that message for sure with that. But the KJV Bible, I was telling you, instead of the word slackers that use, it uses the word slothful. And the Bible, KJV, uses the word sluggard. And in some more uh, like the New Living Translations, it uses the word lazy. And I, I think this is an important message for us today. But because before we turn, actually go ahead, turn in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs. We're going to look at three different scriptures in Proverbs. Proverbs 18, Proverbs 19, and Proverbs 26. So today is the 19th, so we are reading chapter 19 today. But while you turn there, I want to read a scripture here out of 2 Thessalonians chapter 3.11. You don't have to um, turn in your Bible to this, but I just want to read it to you because not only does the Old Testament talk about being diligent with work, and being a hard worker, and being productive with your time, not being a slacker, not being a sluggard, not being a slothful in your attitude, but the New Testament warns us about the sin of idleness. I mean, here we are, what week was this? Week six, and you probably think, man, I have done nothing. I'm just sitting around watching TV, watching movies, not being productive. But the Bible warns us about that type of attitude. God has created you. God has given you a purpose so that you can be productive for him. We are not saved to watch TV, to sit around and watch movies. We are saved to serve. And just like the, the folks up here singing, they took the time to come up here, even during social distancing and quarantine month and and serve the Lord, even on a digital, even on a broadcast. I mean, we're looking for any possible way to serve. And in this unique season, one of the ways you can serve the Lord is you can certainly make that phone call, uh, send that text, uh, you can write that note of encouragement, multiple ways that you can certainly do that. All right, I want to read this, 2 Thessalonians 3.11. The Bible tells us, for we hear that there are some among you who are idle. They are not busy, but busy bodies. They're not busy, they're busy bodies. Now what's powerful about that, that scripture, is you can be busy doing stuff, but you're really not productive in doing anything. And that's what we're about to flip over here. So open your Bibles, Proverbs chapter 18. We're going to start with chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18. I hope you have your online bulletin insert. You can follow along here. Uh, uh, actually, before we read uh, this scripture, I have got, I've got a couple of definitions. What is a slacker? What's a slacker? A slacker is someone 
who puts no effort, no work, aimless, bare minimum. It was that person back when I was in high school, I think a 60 was the bare minimum passing grade. And that was a D. I don't think a D passes, a 60 doesn't pass anymore. I don't think so. I think it's now a 70 or in some cases an 80. But you used to could pass a class with a 60. I once heard, heard someone say, a C equals a degree. <laughs> Meaning if you make a C, you will eventually get your degree. That type of attitude. When you're just trying to come in at a 60 you're just trying to hit that 70, that is what we would call, you know, very minimum effort, aimless, I'm just putting in the most minimum amount of work. And the Bible warns us about having that attitude. You know, also about apathy. A lot of times when we think about a slacker, we think about someone who is apathetic. What is apathy? Apathy up here, it is having no emotion or no interest it's the person who doesn't just doesn't seem to even care there's not a lot of interest in them in effort they're putting towards like ah who cares and i tell you during this time of quarantine staying at home it's very easy to be apathetic you can find yourself with an attitude as you know i used to be so diligent in my daily routine which included the lord which included a quiet time which included tithing serving giving and now all of a sudden maybe you have lost your job maybe you have uh, just had tragedy maybe you've gotten the coronavirus who knows and you've developed an apathetic attitude and we're going to the bible's going to tell us that is not how we as believers are to live God has saved you from being a slacker. He has saved you from being a sluggard. He has saved you from being apathetic. Do not allow yourself to have an I don't care attitude. Jesus Christ didn't have that type of attitude. That man's mission was toward the cross. He was going to the cross to save you. Jesus died for you. He didn't show up into the world in Bethlehem and thought, wow, I really like it here. I don't think I want to die on the cross anymore. I'm just going to do whatever I'm going to do. No, he had a singular focus mission. Very driven. Look here in your Bible. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 14. Look what it says. A person's spirit can endure sickness. Do you know your spirit is talking about is your attitude. Do you have a spirit and an attitude of eagerness, of love, of desire, of you wake up with a spring in your steps and I'm here to serve the Lord. Even though I'm stuck at home, Jesus, I'm yours. What can I do for you? But look at this. But who can survive a broken spirit? Do you know the person who's slothful, who's apathetic, who's become a slacker, their spirit's broken. They've given up. They've thrown in the towel. They have an I don't care spirit. And a lot of times 
it's very easy for them to get sick. I remember a man in Georgia, he retired from Delta. I'll never forget. Um, um, this just reminds, this is gosh, back about 2006, 2007. We were out, we had, uh, I think it was Monday, Tuesday night visitation teams. And uh, <clears throat> David Hummelong, our chairman of Deacons, he's here this morning. And uh, David, we would go and, and knock on doors. And we knocked on this gentleman's door. His neighbor went to our church and they just said, this gentleman just retired and might be a good person to visit. Because, you know, when time, periods of seasons of change, that's when a lot of times folks are open to coming to church. Maybe they've retired, they've had a new baby, or they've changed jobs. This transition, a divorce or marriage, transition usually brings people to church. And they've moved into a new community. We went, David knocked on that door, and he came in there, and he had just retired a few, um, few weeks, few months earlier. And he says, you know, I'm eager and hungry to start getting involved in church. And he says, the past two months I have been sick. He basically retired because he, you know, he had to be at work five in the morning, just, just you know, 10, 12 hour shift driving into Atlanta at the airport, working all day, doing that four or five days a week, coming home. Just that was his life for 40 years. He retired. And what happened? He wakes up and it's like, well, what do I do? What happened? He got sick. And he, 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 get, he developed a discouraged, he didn't have that drive, but he reconnected in church and started serving at our church. And he got well again. But it was, it was unusual, I think, about when you are aimless, when you are not living for the Lord, when you're just sitting around doing nothing, it's easy for you to have a broken spirit. You can endure sickness or you, or you will get sick. Having that spirit, for living for the Lord, having a passion for the gospel, the Lord keeps you well. Look here, next Bible verse in Proverbs, and this is our reading for today. Proverbs chapter 19. Hope you're reading along with us, a chapter a day. And I brought my bowl with me for the illustration for this one. This is what Sherry cooks out of here. The slacker buries his hand in the bowl. He doesn't even bring it back to his mouth. Now, you probably might have read that this morning, and you thought, what on earth is the Lord trying to tell us? Why would the slacker just bury his hand in the bowl? Let's say Sherry and I here were dating. And actually, one of our first places we went on a date was at Jay Alexander's. They have Jay Alexander's in Alabama. So we went there. We were excited when the one opened up here because we remember that place. What if I'm at Jay Alexander's with her? First day. I think that was our first date. We're there, and I order a giant, like a, a giant salad, chicken salad, or a giant bowl of uh, pasta or something like that. With, they brought a big bowl out there. And I was just lazy man. I thought, I don't even want to, I don't even want to pick up a fork. I don't even want to pick up my spoon. And I just did this. And we're in a nice restaurant. Or even worse, what if I did this? And you're just, what a slob. How pitiful for someone 
that is so lazy, they can't even use table manners. They don't even want to take the time to put the napkin in their lap, to pick up a fork. They don't even want to go to the effort to presenting proper eating habits. And the Bible is telling us, if you aren't careful, your life, it can just become one of just being lazy. Lazy. We would mock someone at J. Alexander's just eating like this. Someone who's just, oh man, just scooping up the food in their mouth. You'd be appalled. What a slob is falling all over them. And the Bible's telling us the scriptures. The slacker, he's the one that's so lazy, he, I mean, he, he, can't, he can't even eat right. You know, you say, the Bible just keeps on talking about this. Actually, next Sunday's reading, it talks about as well. Look here, Proverbs chapter 26. One more Bible verse here. Proverbs 26, verses 15 through 16. Look up here on the board. It actually tells us this again. The slacker buries his hand in the bowl, for he's too weary to bring it to his mouth. Meaning he's so lazy, he can't even eat. Verse 16, look what it says. In his own eyes, a slacker is wiser than seven who can answer sensibly. What's powerful about that is when you become lazy, when you become a sluggard, when you become slothful, a lot of times, listen folks, you don't even realize it. It is easy to sit in your lazy boy at home, sit on your couch, lay in your bed, and direct the affairs of the world. You can sit there and tell President Trump what to do. You can tell your pastor what to do. You can tell David Dell what hymns he needs to say. I mean, you can just sit there at home and just direct the whole world what you're seeing going on. And you don't even have to get up. And the Bible tells us, in your own eyes, you're actually right. You know what's best. Because you have found yourself, it's like you have blinders on. In fact, you've become smarter than seven other people who actually know what they're talking about. The danger of laziness, the danger of being slothful, is that you will, you will fall into this type of thinking that you're right and everyone else is wrong. What Jesus wants you to do, especially while you're at home, you don't need to use this quarantine time, this coronavirus, to be slothful and lazy. You need it to be a time that you are devoted a passion for the Lord. Some of you I know have been calling a lot, folks. I'm hearing from you. Y'all have spent a lot of intense time in extra prayer, de devoted to God's Word and reading the Scriptures even more. Some of you are just going to waste this. I'm going to tell you, three, four weeks, you're going to be back at work, and some of you are going to be sad. They're like, wait a minute. I didn't get done what I wanted to do. And you lost your eight or nine weeks. 
I have something up here on the screen I want to show you. This is in your little handout. <clears throat> this is about an apathetic attitude. What should believers care about? You're watching this broadcast. You're a believer. You're sitting at home. You're thinking, Pastor, I want to, I want to know what to care about. I want to be a passionate. I want to be a disciple. I want to be someone who's eagerly serving the Lord, even in a unique season. This is what you should care about. Number one, you should care about Jesus' return. The truth is, He's coming back for His church. He's coming back to judge the world. Do you live for the fact that Jesus Christ could split the eastern sky, the book of Matthew tells us, at any moment? Are you aware that He could come during this coronavirus season? Could this unique season this world is in really just be preparing for the Lord? You need to be thinking about these things. Are you ready for Christ's judgment? And I think a lot of times it's easy to forget he's, He will return. The coronavirus, this pandemic, will not kill everybody on earth. We know that. The Bible tells us. Now there will be plagues, there will be famines. But we know for a fact that Christ, He is how the world will end at His return, at His second coming. So we should care about Jesus' return. Secondly, we should care about the lawlessness of our city. And not just our city, of our entire nation. The lawlessness Sin grieves God. It does. The Lord is saddened when folks sin. When saved people, when lost people sin against the Lord, God is grieved. I want to illustrate this. One of the stories, and you don't need to turn there. Actually, we, I, we can put it up on the board. I'll add this Bible verse in. It's Genesis 19.14. We're able to throw that up there. I want to, I'm going to tell you a background story here. It's about a city named Sodom. Lot was the nephew of Abram, Abraham. And what happened was Sodom was out next to Sodom and Gomorrah right there on the plain. Uh, Lot picked that area, and that's where he was going to raise his, his family, his livestock. And Abraham was a little north of that. Well, Sodom and Gomorrah, they ended up becoming wicked, very immoral cities. And one day, these two visitors came to Abraham and said, Abraham, why don't you come up here on the hill? Look down. You see these cities down here on the plain? I'm going to destroy them because of the wickedness has reached the Lord. They're immoral cities. And what happened was God was willing to save Lot and his wife, their three daughters, and their, their three daughters, Lot's children, were all engaged to be married. And what occurred was God says, okay, Abraham... You and the angel, y'all go, and we're going to, you go deliver. We're going to send the angel down. Y'all bring, uh, bring Lot and his family out. Well, he goes down there, 
and angels walk into the city. And he starts warning Lot, these angels, that they need to get out of the city because God is going to judge and destroy this city. The city of Sodom won't be here much longer. So Lot took heed of this, and he went to go tell his sons-in-laws. He had three of them, and he went to warn them. And it says in verse 14, look at this Bible verse. Because I think this is a perfect example of the lawlessness, not just here in Lexington, but in your city, wherever you live, in our nation. It's just this casual attitude towards sin. It's no big deal. Who cares? Lot went out and spoke to his son-in-law. Does your son-in-law listen to you? Who were going to marry his daughters. Get up, he said. Get out of this place, for the Lord is about to destroy the city. That's a warning. So when I plead with you online, saying Jesus is going to return, you need to be prepared to meet the Lord. You need to be prepared to have an encounter with Jesus. You will stand in judgment. That is me pleading with you, just like Lot was pleading with his sons-in-laws. Come on, we got to go. Here it is. Here it is. This is the attitude. Look at this. But his sons-in-law thought he was joking. What a joke. I mean, I could just see him sitting on their lazy boy, holding a beer, thinking, Dad... Grandpa, Grams, come on, man. What are you thinking? I'm going to grab a bite of food. Just this lazy, slacker attitude where God is warning us, saying there will be a judgment. And folks just sit back and say, oh, well, you know, it's how the world turns. This is okay. Just go back to bed. Just go turn, flip the TV on. Come on, move on. Next. It's a joke. That is the danger of an apathetic attitude. You look at sin, you look at the judgment warnings of God, and you don't seem to care. It doesn't concern you. That's a hardened heart. That's a slacker heart. That's a slothful heart. It's a lazy heart. And the Bible warns us against that. If we're not careful, you can fall into apathy towards sin. Sin grieves God. And if it grieves God, it should grieve you as well. Alright, last thing here. What should believers care about? Obviously, Jesus' return. The lawlessness of our city. And look at this. The lostness of our city. The lostness of our nation. The lostness of this world. We do not know how much time remains to win our family, friends, co-workers, and neighbors to Christ. We are not promised tomorrow. We do not know. And it's easy and tempting for us to have the attitude. For us to think, hey, when... 
we get things get back to normal, I'll tell them, to, I'll tell them about Jesus. When things resume, we will get back to how things used to be. But Christ is telling us, you don't know. There is never an ideal or perfect time to share the gospel. You take advantage of any opportunity to reduce lostness. Who do you need to know that we need to share the good news with? And I want to encourage you, especially this unique season, who you know right now that's at home, they're alone, they're lonely, and worst of all, they don't, they don't have the Lord. Christ is not in their heart. Jesus is encouraging you and I that we need to be other-focused. We need to have an attitude is there's people who I need to tell the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ to. It should, if it breaks Jesus' heart, it should break our heart. Our city, our nation is lost. If you're, if you're tuning in, if you're watching this and you do not know Jesus, I'm going to give you an opportunity right now to respond to the gospel. Don't be slothful. Don't be a slacker. Jesus is calling you to respond to him. The gospel cries out. It calls out. And the apathetic man, the slacker man, is the one that puts no effort. There is effort in responding to the good news. Jesus, could you have imagined? I go up to somebody and I say, Hey, sir, do you want to receive Jesus? And they're like, I'm, I'm too tired. I don't want to do that. Thank goodness, Jesus, he didn't have the attitude. When God says, son, do you want to die on the cross for the world's sins? Uh, I think I'll pass. Jesus didn't respond that he was too tired to die on a cross. He didn't say, I don't have time for that. Jesus, last week we celebrated the empty tomb. He came out of the tomb for you. He died for you. He was not slothful in a sluggard. And he's calling you to respond the same way. The message this morning is for you to become more bold, more diligent in your service, in your work for the Lord. And that begins by giving your life to Jesus. I want you to bow your head. Everyone needs to bow their head. You close your eyes. Even though you're there in your living room. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And if you want to get saved, I want you to say this prayer, and then you can message the church Facebook page. Send me an email or message, and I'll be able to get in touch with you, send you some materials, and tell you about what it means to continue to follow Christ, even at home. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. 
Lord, forgive me of my sins. Lord, I live for you. Save me. Thank you for what you did on the cross. Jesus, I'm yours. Amen. I want you to look up. The Bible tells us, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's Romans 10, 13. If you called on the name of the Lord this morning, the Lord's hand is not too short to save. He saves you. I want to encourage you to reach out to us. I want to hear from you. You give your life to Jesus this morning. You let us know. And it's the best decision you'll ever make, even in the living room or in the bedroom of your house, saying, I'm no longer going to be a slacker. I'm now the Lord's. I believe we have a closing song here. I hope to hear from y'all. We're going to close out this special worship service with a song. David Dell? We're going to sing about the love of Jesus. I love to tell the 